The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the show here on the Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Saturday, October 30th, right before Halloween. Happy Halloween to all of those who celebrate. Hawks had their first back-to-back of the season, did Pretty well on back-to-backs last year under Nate McMillan. They split this back-to-back, although, winning a close one on the road on ESPN versus the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday night, then turned around and lost by 11 points on the road to their division rival and one of the hottest teams in the NBA early on, the Washington Wizards. I know I talked last episode about which was the real performance between the Cavaliers and the Pistons. And I argued that the Pistons game was the real the real Hawks. But the Hawks had two tough matchups against winnable opponents. Went 50% from the field, in my opinion. With the tough matchup looming versus Philadelphia a little later today. We will talk about the back-to-back and the conversation of Trey Young and this Hawks team getting less free throw attempts and less fouls called in their favor. All right, and we are back. Well, the Hawks are three and two right now. It's early in the season with a much tougher stretch coming up for the Atlanta Hawks. That includes Philadelphia later today, the Washington Wizards again at home, at Brooklyn, at home versus the Utah Jazz. Then they travel out west for a West Coast road trip where they take on the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors, the Jazz again, the Nuggets, then come back over east, back home, where they take on the Milwaukee Bucks here in Atlanta and the Orlando Magic. So that's the next 10 games, including tonight's game versus Philadelphia. This is a very tough stretch. And certainly 5-0 or 4-1 would be much, much more preferred going into this next stretch. But... I mean, it is what it is, and I understand the slight disappointment that the two contests that the Hawks have dropped early on this season have been against the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Washington Wizards. But I'm going to say this. I warned listeners before we played the Cleveland Cavaliers that I was going to be a tough matchup because it was a trap game, early Saturday game. They played an emotional season-opening win, you know, contest against the Dallas Mavericks where they just clicked on all cylinders, and then went up to Cleveland and just kind of hard to describe. Just did not play well on offensive end. Shot very, very poor. And Cleveland plays hard. They took advantage of it, and they took advantage of the Atlanta Hawks and got the dub last Saturday. And then you look at the Wizards game. Not terrible on defense, but then again, you like the Hawks offense was really good, but the Wizards were just better. And you got got to give them credit that game on Thursday night, even though it hurts to say that because that's a divisional opponent that you have to get a dub against. You have to. And people, including those on the Atlanta Hawks, have quickly pointed to their lack of free throw attempts. 
that the Hawks just not have gotten this year. More importantly, Trey Young has not gotten the normal free throw attempts that he got last year. And the rule change has a lot to do with it. And according to a stat that Mike Conti tweeted for 92.9 FM here in Atlanta, Trey Young has gone from 8.7 free throw attempts per game to 4.6 free throw attempts per game this season. So four fewer free throw attempts per game right now, which is a staggering stat, which we kind of expected because the rule change specifically targeted, you know, known offenders of, you know, the non-basketball movement to create fouls on the offensive end, offenders that Trey Young, James Harden, Chris Paul, and others have been guilty of, you know, taking advantage of the defense and being in vulnerable positions and then initiating the contact and getting to the free throw line. So it's not a surprise that the league is trying not to give Trey Young calls, even though he is getting fouled, but they're trying to send a message. And I'm going to talk about that here a little bit later. And coincidentally, Trey Young has four less free throw attempts per game. The Hawks as a team has nine less free throw attempts per game this year early in the season. They averaged 24.2 free throw attempts per game last year. Right now, they're at a staggering 15.2 free throw attempts per game. As I said before, it is clear the league is making a statement on not giving offensive guys the benefit of the doubt when initiating contact. But it's definitely a huge impact on this team early on. They have not gotten a lot of calls. And when you look across the league, they've let a lot of calls go this year in favor of the rule change. People like the rule change, but there's others who have been frustrated with the officiating early in the season, including Trey Young, who was fined yesterday 15K for criticizing the officiating. But it was well worth the money because he has every right to complain. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, shut up, man. Like, you're getting away with it. Now you're boohooing. If you watch his games, he's getting fouled. He's getting hacked. And calls have just not been made. I'm going to give the refs a bone here. They have to get into midseason form as well as far as conditioning, getting in the right positions to make the right calls. So any officials listening to this podcast, I get it. It's going to take time to adjust to the rule change and call the game the right way from what you're seeing, your vantage point. It, it's going to take time. So I'm going to give you guys the bit for the doubt there. But it truly means that the Atlanta Hawks have to maybe emphasize other ways to get to the free throw line, like attacking the rim, getting fouled on that, in that regard. Get yourself to the free throw line. You're going to have to find ways to get to the charity stripe. Getting fouled on jump shots is proving easier said than done at this point. Right now, the Atlanta Hawks are 28th in the NBA in free throw attempts per game at that 15.2 that I stated. 28th in the NBA. Their opponents, who they play, they're sixth in the NBA in free throw attempts per game at 17.6. So their opponents are giving a distinct advantage at the charity stripe early on in the season, getting more free throw attempts than the Hawks. And it's top 10 in the league right now. 
So when people who play Atlanta, they're expecting to get fouls called right now, and they're going to expect to get to the free throw line because of a, an apparent statement that the league has to make with the rule change. But outside of the free throw attempts, two losses, the Hawks are towards the bottom of the NBA in three-pointers made and attempted early on in this season in the middle of the road in three-point shooting percentage. So three-point shooting percentage it's not bad. They're 18th in the NBA. That's always going to get better. Bogey hasn't shot the ball particularly well from three. You know, Cam Reddish, he's made threes, but still a little streaky. Trey Young, not always the most efficient from three, but he can always be better. John Collins hasn't knocked down a lot. So that's something the Hawks can control. You know, taking more threes and trying to make more threes. That is something that they can control. Like I said, because if you look at their other stats on basketball reference early on in the season, they're pretty good across the board outside of free throw attempts and threes. But it's early. Too early to panic. The Hawks will have, you know, they have to be more aggressive getting to the free throw line and shooting threes. It has to be very intentional in their approach game to game. That is something within their control. Right now, if you look at the stats defensively, the Hawks are top 10 in the NBA in defensive rating in opponents' points per game while having the sixth toughest schedule in the NBA. Those are positive stats right now. So they will need to make changes to find sustainable ways to win games when it comes to shooting threes and getting to the free throw line. But again, 3-2 and two is still a winning record. I know expectations are higher for Atlanta, and the target is on their backs. And the Pelicans and the Wizards both played like the Hawks had a target on their back. And they're going to have a target on their back throughout the regular season because of their success last year. And it's no doubt that they are top 10 team in the NBA. The Pelicans game, the Zion Williamson-less Pelicans battled the entire game against the Atlanta Hawks. And it came down to the final possessions where, you know, the Hawks pulled it out 102-99. Hawks shot 41.7% from the floor, but 26% from the three-point line. And on the flip side, New Orleans shot 43% from the floor and 30% from the three-point line. The Hawks actually had more free-throw attempts than New Orleans, which, surprise, more free-throw attempts, they won the game. They had 17 free-throw attempts in the game against New Orleans, which is less than... Obviously, what they averaged last year, seven free throw attempts less than last year's average, but slightly above their average this year of 15.2. And for reference, both of the Hawks' losses this year so far, they had less free throw attempts than their opponents. I rest the case. Hawks shot 82% from the free throw line against the New Orleans Pelicans. They out-rebounded New Orleans 55-44 to and out-rebounded them on the offensive glass 21-9, to which is the biggest difference maker in that game. You know, just getting second-chance opportunities, including second-chance opportunity with John Collins with a monster dunk down the stretch that really just gave the Hawks that lift they needed to overtake the Pelicans. They outscored New Orleans by four in the paint. And the Hawks actually trailed by 16 at one point in this game. Come back, win the game on the road on national television. Do what you got to do. And it was another low turnover game for the Atlanta Hawks. 
who right now are second in the NBA in turnovers per game. So they've done a really good job of taking care of the ball early part of the season. Let's see them continue that trend. New Orleans, they were led by Devontae Graham, the former Charlotte Hornet and Kansas Jayhawk. Led the team with 21 points on Wednesday night, including five made three-pointers, six assists, and five rebounds. Brandon Ingram, who was their leading scorer coming into the contest on Wednesday night, had 20 points, eight rebounds, and four assists. And Big Valanchunas, who always battles against Clint Capella, always a very physical matchup in the paint, added 16 points himself and grabbed 15 rebounds. For the Atlanta Hawks, they were led by Ice Trader Gang. 31 points on 13 of 27 shooting. Went 2-6 from the three-point line. Added seven assists, five rebounds, and only had three turnovers. Way to go, Trey Young. John Collins was big down the stretch, as I mentioned. Even with four fouls, added 16 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, and was 8-11 of 11 from the floor. DeAndre Hunter continuing to work back into form. 13 points on 50% shooting, knocked in a three-pointer, and added two rebounds. Bogey added 12 points, 4 of 12 shooting, 2 of 6 from the three-point line. Hasn't really been shooting the ball great, you know, to start the season. But why he's in the starting lineup, he does things outside of scoring. Three rebounds, three assists, and a block. That's something that he's always going to do. He's always going to create for others. He's going to rebound. He's going to try to do some other things to help the team win, which is why I like Bogdan Bogdanovich in the starting lineup. Clint Capella struggled from the field, only scored five points on two of six shooting from the floor, but grabbed 12 rebounds. Um, lost the matchup versus Valanchunas, but you know what? They won the game. That's all that matters. And he is still obviously working himself back into shape with the injury from the offseason. Gallo, who was back, welcome back. Danilo Gallinari added nine points off the bench, grabbed seven rebounds. Cam Reddish cooled off this game with five points off the bench. And DeLon Wright with a good game off the bench. Seven points, five rebounds, three assists. The Hawks, after taking on the Pelicans, as I said, traveled up to the DMV the next night, but fell to the Washington Wizards, 122 111. After Washington took the lead in the second quarter, the Hawks never regained the lead. Tried to make it close down the stretch, but in the end, the red-hot Washington Wizards prevailed, which they have been a slight surprise to start the year for a lot of people. But in their defense, they have guys on their team who have won an NBA title. You know, you got Kuzma, you got KCP coming over from the Los Angeles Lakers, Montrez Harrell, six man of the year candidate didn't get a lot of opportunities with the Lakers. Now he has his chance with the wizards and he's certainly taking advantage of his opportunity. He has playoff experience as well. Brad Beal is on that team. You already know what he can do. So this is the team in Washington that's going to compete with anyone, especially with a lot of people, including myself, writing them off for this year, the Southeast division with us here in Atlanta, Miami, Washington, Charlotte, and Orlando's in our division too. I think they're going to compete hard, but those teams that I mentioned outside of us, Miami, Washington, and Charlotte, are all going to be really tough this year. They're going to be tough outs, you know, as far as for Atlanta and teams around the league. 
in my opinion, this is the toughest division in the Eastern Conference right now because of the youth, the emergence of some of these teams outside of Miami, who has a little bit of an older roster. This is a very tough division. Now, the Atlantic division with the Celtics, the Nets, the Knicks, the 76ers, and the Raptors will definitely have something to say about, you know, me deeming the Southeast division the toughest division in the Eastern Conference. But it just shows that the East is tougher this year, which was the discussion coming into the season of why it's going to be harder for the Hawks to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. The East is tougher this year. So the Hawks are going to have to bring it every single night, especially with that target on their back. On Thursday night, the Hawks shot 54.5% from the floor. Great, great shooting percentage from the floor. But, womp, 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 28.6% from the three-point line. And on the flip side, the Washington Wizards shot 46.5% from the floor and 38% from the three-point line. The Hawks had seven less free-throw attempts than the Washington Wizards, and surprise, they lost. They shot 9-14 from the charity stripe. They were out-rebounded 51-43 to on the glass. And on the offensive glass, they were out-rebounded 14-6. to 26 team assists for the Hawks, which I like to see. 13 turnovers for the Hawks compared to 9 for the Wizards. But the Hawks did win the fast-break points. They outscored the Wizards in the paint 68-60. to But again, rebounding, free throw attempts, free throw shooting, and three-pointers cost the Hawks this game, in my opinion. You can say defense is kind of low-hanging fruit with them giving up 122 points, which is certainly not great. But Washington was just on on Thursday night. They were just on. They were at home. They felt great. They were confident. They're 4-1. And again, it was the second night of a back-to-back for the Hawks, who had to travel in those back-to-back games. So it was going to be tough. But again, the Wizards were on as they had four players with 20-plus points on Thursday night, including their leading scorer, the St. Louis native, Bradley Beal, with 27 points on 11 of 26 shooting from the floor, added eight rebounds and eight assists, so flirting with a triple-double on Thursday night. Montrez Harrell, Added 25 points on 10 of 16 shooting from the floor. Grabbed 13 rebounds and added 5 assists. Montrez Harrell was a monster on Thursday night. He's been looking really good early on for the Wizards. Two other former Lakers definitely showed, you know, they showed that. I can't say that here. On Thursday night, the Lakers, former Lakers, Kyle Kuzma, KCP both added 21 points apiece. Kuzma would add eight rebounds and two made three-pointers to his stat line. And KCP added five made three-pointers and eight rebounds himself. And then Bertans added 10 points off the bench with three made three-pointers. Again, three-pointers, three-pointers, three-pointers. They made more at a high clip. The Washington Wizards did. Had second chance opportunities on the glass. Seven more free throw attempts. They all, all these things played a factor into the Hawks falling short in the second out of a back-to-back. The Hawks got a monster game from John Collins who scored 28 points on an extremely efficient 14 of 16 shooting from the floor. He grabbed 12 rebounds, added three assists, four fouls, which he was in foul trouble 
early last year to start the season, but got better as the year went on. But hey, you know what? Officials can call fouls, but they just happen to be against the Atlanta Hawks and unfortunately against John Collins right now. Come on, help us out here. Ken Reddish rebounded from his cold shooting night on Wednesday night to score 20 points off the bench for the Hawks. 8 of 14 shooting from the floor, but 1 of 5 from 3. Trey Young, not a great shooting night. 6 of 17 from the floor, 1 of 5 from 3-point range. He would score 15 points. Added 13 assists with 3 rebounds. 3 turnovers. Again, 3 turnovers or less for, for Trey Young. I'm happy with. I'll take it. He's been doing really good in that department. And because his turnover has been low, the Hawks as a team, their turnovers have been low. So some positives right there. Some positives. Bogey with 14 points on 6 of 11 shooting. Went 1 of 4 from 3. Added 6 rebounds and 4 assists. Clint Capella only played 23 minutes. They're still kind of monitoring you know, his progress, and it was a second out of a back-to-back, -back, so I completely understand that. He scored 11 points, only had four rebounds in those 23 minutes, so not a dominating game on the glass for Clint Capella, which, as you saw from multiple players on the Wizards getting, you know, five-plus rebounds, that was a huge factor on Thursday night. DeAndre Hunter... Scored 10 points on 4 of 9 shooting. Went 2 of 3 from the 3-point line. And added 4 rebounds himself. And then Gallo off the bench with 6. Lou Will off the bench with 5. Tough loss on Thursday night. But you know what? Short flight to Philly. A day's rest. I expect the Hawks to come out firing against their heated rival, the Philadelphia 76ers. Both teams are 3-2 and two out of the gate. Philly's losses have come against the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks early on in the season, but Philly and their fans will definitely be up for this game tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. No Ben Simmons, no Bunkrum, but they will certainly have revenge on their mind against the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. And on the flip side, the Hawks want to rebound against their loss against the Washington Wizards, and I think some rest Practice and film time will be just what the doctor prescribed for the Atlanta Hawks to come out and compete on NBA TV for 7.30 p.m. tip-off tonight. So you Atlanta sports fans, Georgia sports fans, I know the Georgia Bulldogs take on the Florida Gators in Jacksonville, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Georgia going to win. Don't worry about that. And I know tonight's game will coincide with game four of the World Series for the Atlanta Braves. Here in Atlanta, after a great pitching performance last night as a team and a no-no almost through eight innings for the Braves, the Braves have a 2-1 lead now. But Atlanta sports fans, these are both can't-miss games. The World Series is very important. High stakes, championship, but... You can't miss this 76ers-Hawks game. You can't. You know, have both of the games up at your house. Go to the local bar. Give yourself permission to have a lazy eye so you can see both games. Because I'm telling you, this Hawks-76ers game tonight, although a regular season game, will provide some fireworks. It's going to be some spark. It might be some 
tension in this game. Capella's going to be rested. He's going to be ready to battle on the glass. John Collins had a great game the game before. Trey Young didn't have a fantastic game scoring the ball, but he was distributing. And then Cam Reddish coming in with high confidence. The 76 didn't get to see DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish together in the game. The depth that this Hawks team have. Both teams have a lot of depth. Both teams are looking to prove something this year. Philadelphia trying to prove, hey, we don't need Ben. And last year, you know what, it was last year, but we got something to prove this year. The Hawks want to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. So you got to get your popcorn ready tonight or whatever your snack, game-watching food of choice is because it's going to be a show. So make sure you have both the Braves and Hawks game pulled up tonight. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody about this podcast. Three and two out the gate. Still got some room in the bandwagon for some fans to hop on the Atlanta Hawks bandwagon because Jalen Rose said it. Hawks are a top four or five team in the East. We may not be showing it right now, and there may be some other teams hot that everybody wants to talk about. You know, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Bulls, the Hornets. Don't forget about the Atlanta Hawks. So, when you think about the Atlanta Hawks, think about this podcast. Share this podcast with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball enthusiasts. It doesn't matter. Put them on to this show. Have them jump on this bandwagon. Any f- breaking news from Hoop Ball Hawks, follow us on Twitter at Hoop Ball Hawks. On Twitter, that is at Hoop Ball Hawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett. 6-7, that is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T, 6-7. Fan of other teams, check out hoop-ball.com for all of our content on our website. We're doing some great things here on Hoop Ball. The 76ers have their own show now. <laughs> It'd be fun to see if we can get them on after we, you know, beat them tonight. Hoping we beat them because right now, as we said earlier in the program, Hawks have a tough stretch going forward. So tonight is game one of that 10-game stretch that is going to be pivotal here early season to really get the bearings as far as where the Hawks team is going to go this year. So I'm excited for this game. Tune in next time. We got you. Sheesh! Let's go Hawks. Let's go Braves. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.